You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis and discussion here on the E2C Network. We're back again in a postseason, preseason, whatever you want to call it. We're not in season basketball episode where we're breaking down what's been going on with the program and around the program since the end of the 2020-21 season. So many 20s here, so little time. Uh, we're going to be talking today about a obviously big piece of news uh, that has been a, a few days past. We're a little late getting around to this, but we felt like we needed to sit down and talk about it. Uh, some departures, some entries into the program, and potential that may be coming in the future. So basically, it's just a whole bunch of roster discussion. To do all that, I brought in my friend and co-host, Mr. Gray Oldenburg. Gray, welcome back. I continue to come back. Thanks for having me, Kyle. For now you do, until I get rid of you. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's it. I, I love having you here, and I think a lot of people who were listening to this, the beginning of the season when I was doing the solo shows, are probably like, thank God, he got somebody else in there <laughs> that he he has somebody to actually talk to and not just himself. Uh, but anyway, obviously, we cannot get any further into this episode without talking about the big news. It was the big question on everyone's mind the day he arrived on campus was when is Sharif Cooper going to leave? We all knew probably that he would be declaring it was like a 99.9 percent chance the question was would he declare and then rule himself ineligible because of taking an agent well unfortunately or fortunately whichever way you want to look at it uh, he has made the decision to declare for this next draft but also to no longer um, use his eligibility he will sign with an agent and he will um, no longer be a part of the basketball program, albeit on good terms, but it's still sad and happy for a mix of emotions. So your initial reactions to the news that Sharif Cooper is no longer part of the team. I wasn't surprised. Um, he's a, he got his grade back. Obviously he went and talked to, you know, a lot of insiders, maybe some agents, maybe some scouts and coaches around the league. And uh, he, we saw his, Draft stock, you know, plummet so high at the beginning once he stepped on the floor and played those 12 games and they got injured and, you know, we kind of start start to drop. And then we were like, oh, maybe, maybe, you know, he comes back to jump higher in the draft. But we saw him steady around around 16 to 20 range in the draft overall wise. And uh, I, I think it's, I think it's the right decision for him. You know, I went back and forth on whether it's the right decision and only he knows, only his family knows and only his coaches know uh, what's the right decision for him. Really, honestly, just him. But those people should and I'm sure had more influence than any of us sitting here behind a microphone will ever have on a, a college basketball player's decision of what they're going to do with their future. Um, so I do trust that he got the best information possible. Um, kind of, I guess, as a side note to that, and I would ask you. Do you find any concern for the program with his departure and decision not to come back? What I mean by that is there are some people out there who are always worried that the NCAA is still out to get Bruce. And because of the Chuck Person stuff, the suspension of postseason play this year that we chose to implement on ourselves. Do you think the decision is a reflection on that? No, no, I don't think it had anything to do with that because you can you can kind of you know, throw that on Isaac last year or Chuma the year before. Um, I, I don't think that had anything to do with uh, 
the uh, program violations or stuff that's happened in the past or stuff that could happen in the future, even though I think we're past the NCAA problems, even though they are always out to get Bruce Pearl. But um, no, I, I think this was a um, decision made within Cooper and Cooper's family and Cooper's coaches and friends. Yeah, I, I do think that um, it's not something people should be worried about. Obviously, that's the fun of speculating and talking around the water coolers. Like, oh, well, what do you think this means? And when you have a player of his magnitude come into your program and then leave so quickly, it, it leaves a void because we're not used to having this type of player be part of the program. And, and I'm not nothing to take away from Okoro and Chumokiki and many others that have come before them. But, you know, Sharif was kind of like that stamp of Bruce Pearl consistently bringing in these guys because Chuma, while he was a great player, you know, there were a lot of teams that passed up on him. I would think Isaac Okoro, maybe not so much that case, but Sharif was somebody that everybody wanted. I mean, it made headlines on ESPN when he chose to come to Auburn because that's how good of a point guard he is. So I understand fans Lamentations, if I may use a big word, <laughs> uh, of why uh, you know we're freaking out about this so much. What I'm surprised of, and I, I don't know if you feel the same way, is how much people have just been like distressing about him leaving. Have you gotten an impression about that amongst the fan base? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand that because you know that's a you know prospect that we probably he would have been great last or next year and. um him leaving does kind of leave a void because we haven't, we only had him for 12 games, especially since he, you know, the eligibility and this injury. But, you know, I also think this is really good for this basketball program, especially with the prior two in Chuma and Isaac, this will now be probably three straight top 20 picks in the NBA draft. You know, you never heard of that from mm. Auburn ever before. This just shows that this program is on the upward spiral here and not on the downward spiral. See, this is the type of thing that Kentucky fans don't freak out about. <laughs> they're like, oh, there goes yeah, another They're one. like, oh, yeah, that, we knew that was coming. <laughs> so, so they just know just to only get excited for one uh, for one year with each of their players that come in. Uh, despite this year, we're going to continue to remind them of how terrible they were this year, although we weren't that much better than them. Uh, speaking of which... You know, it's always interesting to me. No one is going to sit here and deny the greatness of Sharif Cooper. Not, not even me. But I will just kind of, you know, take a step back. I always like to play devil's advocate. You know, we honestly weren't that much better record wise with him as opposed to without him. I mean, I mean, we did win more proportionally when you looked at it with versus without him. But it's not like Sharif Cooper came in and made a humongous difference in the record com stats, the way we compete, the competitive nature with Red. Yes. But, you know, is do you think that's a fair statement to say, or am I kind of stepping yeah. out of bounds by inferring no, that? No, that is a fair statement, but I also don't think um, one player should have that big impact on a team's record like that. You know, for example, like, I mean, it's the same way in football or in baseball, you know, a hitter or a, you know, a wide receiver is not going to make a difference in you winning and losing the game. Mm -hmm. But and it's, it's the same way in basketball, even though hit point, the point guard and somebody of a point guard like that status is the most important player, but he's not going to, you know, he's not going to come in and he's, you're automatically going to win more games with him. 
Yeah. I think you, what you saw with Sharif is he made us more versatile so that when the problems arose, they didn't become as glaring. And you could see that before while he was there. And then after it became really evident how much he did add to the mm-hmm. team and how much of a facilitator it was. You could, you watch it go from a micro to a macro level, how like uh, Dylan Cardwell, perfect example guy yeah. was to be fair, mostly irrelevant uh, mm-hmm. in terms of stats, not in terms of contribution, things like that, uh, but stats until Sharif Cooper got there. And in fairness, they had a connection previously, you know, played together previously. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. But I think that's a great small scale analogy for what Sharif Cooper does for this team on a macro level, what he does in making everybody better individually. And I think that's something that's going to serve him well at the next level because yes. he's the, he's the smaller guard. He's a smaller point guard. So he's going to need to be able to show, Hey, yeah, I can score. I can produce myself, but look what I do to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. That is his selling point as a point guard to me. So I really do think that he's got a bright future going ahead for him. So what do you think was the, if you could like pinpoint one reason why he chose to go and not stay, what do you think that is? I think it was his grade coming back. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's something that we have to wait and see about JT Thor. He's got to go get that, got to go get that grade, get what, your status of where you would be in this draft class or in the draft coming up. So I think when he went and saw that, okay, I'm not really, you know, drop, I, I, my drop wasn't as far as I thought it was, mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm not dropping in the second round. I'm still about 16 to 20. I'm going to go to a team that doesn't necessarily need me to produce immediately, but can develop me and I can play with some guys that I can make even better. I, I think that's a selling point right there. You know, I lean more in this category and I have a lot of people that disagree with me, but I, I tend to think of things long-term and kind of that process, look beyond just the now type of situation. I wonder how much he didn't look ahead to the next crop of guards and point guards that would be going to the draft next year and say, can I really make the jump for where my grade is now even higher with who's going to be here? And, you know, I think there's nobody in the college basketball world that would argue that he wouldn't be a top five point guard coming back next year hands down but could he rise further up in the draft class if he performed at the same level i wonder if you know his decision wasn't so much about the grade this year as opposed to what his prospects were going to be and what he was going to be competing against next year it could have been a, it, honestly yeah. you know we're, we're pinpointing one thing down here so it's a likelihood that this is a multifaceted decision uh, but i think yours is one that a lot of people We'll think about. So the the impact, though, of Sharif Cooper has been felt here in very short of time. Where do you put Sharif Cooper? Because we've got a like a weird situation here where he's only here for maybe two thirds, if that of a season. But yet we recognize how great he was. Like, how Mm -hmm. do you as a fan, when people have those type of conversations, place him in comparison to other people? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, well, that's that's hard to do. Just because just because he played just 12 games, you know, if he played this entire year and we made a run in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament, you know, it'd be easier because you can then relate it to guys like Graham Canty and Javon McCormick. You couldn't really relate it to a guy like Jared Harper, but you could you could talk to you could look at those guys that were the guy for one year and was and was great for that one year. 
but it's hard. It's really hard to do that because he only played 12 games and, you know, it was kind of a weird situation with COVID and his eligibility and his injury and uh, other injuries surrounded the Auburn team and the, the postseason ban. So when we look back on it, say in a few years, I, I think we'll look back and still remember how great he was in those 12 games, but it's, it's going to be hard to really compare him to the other guards that have come through this great program. But you know what I love to do with my co-hosts? I love to make y'all speculate and predict things. Let, let's extrapolate this out. Remind me, what Jared Harper was here for two or three seasons. Three. Was three. Okay, it flew by so fast. It felt like two. Uh, for three seasons, let's, let's extrapolate it out and say by some miracle that we were able to retain him for three full years. Um, Cooper? Do you think Sharif Cooper would have been better than Jared Harper based yeah. off of how Jared produced and then potentially how Sharif would have done? Yes. Why? What's the difference between Sharif Cooper and a Jared Harper? Um, I think I think he would have been a better individual player. Um, okay, he's, he's he's got more NBA talent, and he was he's more ready. He was more ready to come immediately mm-hmm. as a freshman than Jared was. I think Jared, his junior year, was one of the best players this program has ever seen. Right, and it's it's hard to relate that because. I think if Cooper played this full season out, played next full season out, and that his junior year, I think he could be one of the best this program's ever seen. But we yeah. won't see that. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious if you just look at rankings and stuff like that in terms of what co- other coaches were thinking when they were recruiting him or not recruiting him. Uh, you know, he was looked over. And that was kind of the biggest storyline for him during the final four run is how much he was looked over and look at what he's doing now. You know, Sharif Cooper did start from a technically a higher position wise in terms of where he would begin his career. So you could just look at that, extrapolate that out. And you would probably say that Sharif, with the same amount of time, maybe ends up a little bit ahead of Jared Harper. But, you know, Jared, uh, we're not going to take anything away from him. I mean, we all know how crucial he was to this program during that time. And what he did, you know, sometimes it's hard to make these type of comparisons because it takes more than just that single person. It takes a coalescing of everyone and everything that is a part of that during that single moment in time. Mm -hmm. And I think Jared Harper was one of those people that was meant to come around at just the right time. And wow, what a marriage it was. Uh, So the comparisons sometimes there aren't, aren't fun and right to make, but they, uh, you know, it's interesting always to have the speculation last little bit of prediction I'd like to do before we not necessarily close the door on Sharif Cooper, but his time as an Auburn tiger, you know, we'll, I'm sure uh, break this down when it happens. But where does he go in the draft for you? I'd say between 16 and 18. I think people people are projecting him around around early 20s right now. I think that will rise a little. But, you know, again, just like with Chuma's sake, all it takes is one team to say, hey, we don't need you right now. We don't need you to really come in and make an impact right now. But we want you. We want you for the future. We think you have a future at this organization. And we're going to take you wherever they are. Um, I'd say between 16 and 18 right now, just but just depending on where each team drafts. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to think about this because this is very much a um, Chuma situation as opposed to it is a Isaac Okorowa. Isaac was expected mm-hmm. to come in and produce, and he is if you're not paying attention to it. Chuma. Everybody knew that he would have produced if 
he hadn't been injured at the end of the season, but thankfully there was someone willing to take a chance on him. And that's paying dividends for him and the Orlando magic now as well. Not that, you know, Sharif, I'm sure his injury is going to be fine by the end, by the time it's right, he's ready to play. Uh, But I do think that is something where he can, take a little bit of time, work his way into their roster and show that yeah. they again, continue to show. I produce more for my teammates than I do myself. And I think that's going to be his most valuable asset for the NBA coming up very soon. Even though, never mind, I was going to get on a soapbox about the NBA, but I won't do it here. <laughs> I won't do that and get people stirred up. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk a little bit about the implications after this. Obviously, that fills, or not fills, but empties out the guard positions, and it makes a lot of other things dominoes fall. We thought we might be getting a lot more of that um, in this past week since the news broke, but uh, there's there's been a little bit starting to build, and uh, let me preface all this that we're about to talk about. You're probably hearing this, and the news has already broke about some more stuff no, that we're going to talk right about. Why did you release this? We're going to get some big commitment or something. Or I always else say to- it. Yeah. <laughs> Like I always say that on the YouTube live streams that we do, that just let me go live and some big news will happen for Auburn. It never fails because it's I, I make the topic. Here's what we're going to talk about. And then this other big thing happens. So that's just the way it rolls. Uh, before we talk about who has already signed up to potentially fill a need at guard, let's talk about somebody else who's left and some interesting, maybe not feelings we have now. <laughs> Justin Powell, who surprised everyone and left Auburn in the dust, uh, decided to transfer to Tennessee. Your thoughts, your reactions. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just, that's absurd. There, no, like, no. <laughs> I don't, maybe one day we'll like, maybe get the answer to why, why Tennessee? Because you can make an argument that Kentucky or Eastern Kentucky or Louisville, that's Western Kentucky, home, any of those closer to home well tennessee's not that much farther than auburn um but why (laughs) like (laughs) also what has happened the last six times bruce pearl has faced tennessee yep (laughs) i don't expect this to change you know um 
he could have gone a lot of places. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Alabama would have gotten much more of an uproar than this. Okay. But, I mean, I could literally – I didn't even know the news had broke, but feel a collective just like, what the – on social media just across the southeast when this happened. Um, I, I honestly – and maybe, I don't know, do you agree with me? If he had chose to go Kentucky, would you be less outraged? Yeah, because then you could kind of answer the question why, and it's like to get closer to home because and to be part of Kentucky, have a bad injury. Yeah, Yeah. and it's Kentucky. It's not you know zero and six versus Bruce Pearl the past six times. (laughs) (laughs) So can't win an NCAA game. (laughs) Sorry. Here's the thing: uh, before you start making some real enemies with Tennessee fans. (laughs) Um, not that we really care here. So, I mean, y'all have the grossest color of orange ever. Um, anyway, it's not that the Tennessee and Auburn rivalry needed a little bit of a supercharge because it was already kind of there. And I will say that, and I think we even talked about this after the Tennessee game that we still get really excited for it, but it's almost kind of lost a little bit of the emotional punch that it had because a, we're dominating them B, um, you know, Bruce Pearl's been at Auburn for a, and away from them for even longer now as a whole. So, you know, that kind of story has lost a little bit of his punch. Well, you oh, got boy. you got a little bit of something now. Do I have never in not never, I shouldn't say that. In a long time, I have not seen an Auburn athlete go from beloved like would have just fallen on the sword for him to public enemy number 1. Yes. Justin, man, I mean, he's obviously he's a he's almost an adult. He can do whatever he wants. But my gosh, son, you you could have picked anybody other than Alabama and and been okay. But you picked Tennessee. (laughs) What? Anyway, so at least um, Alabama's on the up on the upward slope. (laughs) Tennessee's not. That's up for debate too. But we won't start that shenanigans here. How's that sweet 16 loss feel? Oh, okay. Feels so good. Okay. I didn't say uh, it. I didn't say uh, it. Oh, I said it. Anyway. Oh, by the way, I, I do want to, uh, as we're having fun with them, and I think this would be appropriate for us to say, uh, obviously the Alabama fan base lost a humongous member of, uh, of their, you know, team, not team, but the, the student. And I, I just, obviously, you know, this rivalry is intense. It is heated it, and deservedly so, and it should never change. But I think we've all oftentimes shown the ability to come together in moments of crisis. And this would be one of those uh, Luke Mitchell. Do I have his name, right? Ratliff. Uh, Ratliff, excuse me. Uh, Luke Ratliff, uh, Fluffopotamus, as he was called, unfortunately yeah. passed away recently, suddenly. And our heart goes out to obviously most importantly, his family, but to the, uh, the Alabama uh, fan base, the basketball fans, all that stuff, because that is not something that anybody wants to do. It's a quick, awkward ch- transition there, but I, I did want to, <laughs> Make sure we get gave our condolences out yeah. there because the rivalry is important, but some things are much more important than a rivalry. Yes. All right, awkward transition back to what we we're talking about. Uh, Justin Powell, bro, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> so that'll be interesting when we get to uh, see him again next season. Hopefully, oh, we in get... Auburn Arena when he comes to Auburn. Oh, you I thought guess. Marshall Henderson had a well? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll uh, have to probably get tickets for that one. That's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. All right, we spent way too much time on that. Let's talk really uh, quickly about somebody who has already arrived to fill the void. That'd be Wendell Green Jr. from Eastern Kentucky, one of the teams that Justin Powell should have gone to. Um, we have decided to bring him in. It was, uh, I, I guess I didn't hear a lot of hype about this guy. I mean, I heard his name mentioned. Uh, but what do you take away? What's your initial reactions to him coming in as a guard option for Auburn? 
I'm excited. I'm really excited. He averaged like 15 and, you know, six his freshman year last year. Um, you know, he played I blanking on the name of the high school, but they've won like four straight national championships in the high school. And he, he was great in high school and he committed to Eastern Kentucky his freshman year. He was fantastic. You know, he's a quick little, you know, uh, guard that can shoot from the outside, but can uh, facilitate really well. And, you know, Bruce has his type of point guards, if, as we've seen, you know, with Jared and Kareem and Sharif and Javon and even Davion. Um, but, you know, you, you just, you see that potential there. And the big thing with this commitment of Wendell Green Jr., he's got not one, not two, not three, but four years eligibility left. That looks really nice. <laughs> the question is, is this the guy that's going to just explode and leave us early high and dry again? <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, we're all so like raw from this whole Justin Powell and Sharif Cooper. And who else have we lost at this point? Javon Franklin, Jamal, uh, Jamal Johnson. By the way, Jamal Johnson is at UAB. I don't know that we covered this last time. Yeah. Uh, and then, right there. oh yes. Yeah. I think we did talk about, it, but Javon Franklin recently went to South Alabama. Very, very happy for him. I think he's going to flourish there as well. Yep. Um, so nice to see Auburn spreading the love. Among, it, literally Auburn's taking over the state of Alabama. Y'all can have your little sweet 16 run and make yourself feel better. <laughs> see, we're back very quickly to giving him trouble. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think, um, you know, I don't know enough about Wendell to get over the moon excited. I I'm yep. just glad that we, as quickly as Sharif left, yes, bounce back, have somebody come in to fill a void. Now, he's not going to be a point guard, right? He's going to be a combo guard. Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to be more like a turbo, like like a little combo guard. He can, you know, if we need him at point guard, he's a better option than Alan Flanagan at point guard. But, you know, he'll be more that off guard. And that's not a knock on Alan Flanagan. It's just that Alan Flanagan is best at, the, at a at a two position. Absolutely, yeah. It's just some, you know, he did great for what he had to work with at time. And when we took a little bit of responsibility away from him, it, it made it even better. Um, but, you know, it, some players are just best suited for certain roles. And that's the case for Alan Flanagan. So, yes, I agree with you. I think the biggest thing for him, uh, for Auburn, is the depth. Uh, for what he does for opening up other uh, opportunities for other players is going to be a big thing. The other thing that we need to talk about here before we get out is who potentially else could be coming. And there's some other guard options, but there are some non-guard options as too. Last episode, we talked a little bit on this topic. We brought up the discussion point of Walker Kessler, which you and I both completely dismissed. I mean, yeah. I, I think we probably we ma- made people unhappy with how dismissive we were of it. Where do you sit now on the potential of Walker Kessler leaving UNC and coming here? When we recorded that last one, there was no chance, literally zero. Like I couldn't even say 1%. Now it's between us and him going back to North Carolina. And you really, so Roy Williams leaving and deciding to retire was the thing yeah. that's made this an opportunity. I think, I think so. I think, I think, I think it's less about Roy Williams leaving and more about Hubert Davis coming in as the head coach. Um, because I think Walker's a big Hubert guy and they like, they had a phone call or whatever. And they, you know, apparently they're on good, you know, good terms. And this is between Auburn and North Carolina. And I didn't think there was any way Auburn had any chance to go get Walker Kessler. I don't even think, especially if JT Thor comes back, I don't think there's a huge need for a guy like Walker Kessler. But if you can get a guy like Walker Kessler, why not? Then you get him. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say no to that whatsoever. And uh, I'll have to admit to a few people on our YouTube live streams that I was wrong if that happens. So I, and anytime there's rumors like this, I usually always lean on the side of it not happening. So I'm pleasantly surprised and not super disappointed when it doesn't. Uh, so that'll be the, the thing here for me is I'll be happy to admit I was wrong uh, that Walker Kessler comes to Auburn if he were to decide to do so. Uh, so it'd be a nice little surprise addition would take a little bit of the sting away from losing um, Sharif Cooper from maybe losing to JT Thor. Who knows at this rate, we've been dropping people like flies. <laughs> Just can't keep them. The NBA keeps snatching them up or other teams keep snatching them up like Tennessee, but uh, oh that makes sense. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to get you stirred up again. All right. Uh, these other players, I just want to get some quick impressions from you on likelihood. Do you think it's going to happen or who would you want to see? Um, Xavier Pinson out of Missouri, Ty Ty Washington, and then a reclassification of Scoot Henderson. Your just thoughts about those three. Yeah. I think all, uh, any of those three would be fantastic, especially with the addition of Wendell Green Jr. But um, I think if you go go get two, of those three, then you're set, especially if you get a guy like Thor back. But um, the whole thing about Xavier Pinson is not, you know, he's not the missing piece. It's more like he's, he's got SEC experience. You know, he's started in the SEC for what, two years. He's, he, he's there. Um, and he's a good player too. Uh, Ty Ty Washington, on the other hand, is an incoming freshman and he's been a Creighton commit for like three years and he decommitted from Creighton to like, I think their coach left. And, you know, he's this like four star, some have him as a five star point guard. That's like just busted onto the scenes for next year. And Scoot Henderson is the 2022 point guard that Auburn is, you know, going completely at. And he's a little different style of a point guard that we've seen here at Auburn. He's more of a above the rim, you know, he's six, three and, you know, freakishly athletic you know, if there's a guy that you can relate him to that's been in this state recently, it's Colin Sexton. Oh, pretty good comparison. But I don't, I, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think that one's as likely. I do think he commits to Auburn, but I don't, I don't know about him reclassifying for next year. I would feel very comfortable if we got a guy like Xavier Pinson because after bringing in Wendell Green, who doesn't have SEC experience, still got a lot of you know years to grow with him I, I think a little bit of experience would go a long way yeah. do you think if we just say brought in Pinson do you think Auburn still needs one more guard piece or do you think they would settle with just those two I think we'd be okay but I think you would feel even better if you got Pinson and Thor and Kessler okay so oh well yeah well, of course you would <laughs> because he oh, got yeah. all those back yeah <laughs> If I could have Kessler, if I could have Sharif back, if I, if, if we're going to just play, you know, what I want, what I want, you know, then I'm gonna, I, I would like to take Anthony Davis and I'd like Michael to have Jordan. the entire <laughs> final four team back. I mean, you know, we're just kind of picking and choosing here. Um, obviously there's a lot of great options out there for Auburn. A lot of pieces that we necessarily, yeah. we don't necessarily need in terms of like, they're not like a Walker Kessler. I wouldn't say that we have to have him because he, we have to have this role filled. You have to have him because of his talent, um, but yeah. not because of a role. But um, I would say that we're definitely due for one more. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we came with two more guards. So hopefully you're listening. It's going to happen right as yeah. <laughs> It's it's already had like literally it's happening right now as we stop recording. Yeah. But uh, so hopefully we'll get to talk about that on a, a next podcast. And I promise, folks, we are going to do our season review 
it's taken a little bit of time because we knew some of this stuff was going to start dropping. Really, the first big domino we needed to know was Sharif Cooper. What was he going to do? So now that that has fallen and with this rumors and news of other things happening, we just wanted to kind of go ahead and get one out ahead of the game. And then we'll break down the entire season as a whole. And there's a lot to talk about, even in a year where we couldn't play in the postseason. So that is our thoughts on everything that's been happening with Sharif Cooper leaving, people coming in, potential people coming in. And then, of course, weird people going to Tennessee. <laughs> that is all our... <laughs> <laughs> let's not start that again that's all our thoughts on that uh, before we get out of here though let's share where they can find us on social media you can find me on twitter at tiger i24 where can they find you yeah you can find me on twitter at gray oldenburg or on instagram at gray 21 that's all we have to do in this edition of inside the jungle but until we talk to you again war eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?